In this portion of the Casey Crew comes to you from Talkspace. Now, with Talkspace, you can get therapy without traveling to an office and without breaking the bank. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll be matched up with your handpicked licensed therapist that understands exactly how you live today. To sign up or to learn more, go to Talkspace.com slash Casey or use the Talkspace app and enter coupon code Casey to get $30 off your first month. Talkspace therapy for all. What up, y'all? It's DJ MV. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Now, uh, shout to everybody that emails. What you just did in here was foul. What did I do? I just want to let you know it didn't go by unnoticed. What? Yeah, you, you, just, you just took in the air to see if I could smell it on my side of the room. What are you talking about? I just, this room is so foul right now. What do you mean, me farting? You go open the door. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, we have to address that, by the way. Address what? We absolutely because I don't like when you do that while I'm eating, or <laughs> when you do that when we're in closed spaces. It's actually offensive. You People just have gas. People you fart. just offended me and this whole room, and you say nothing about it. Like you should say, "Excuse me," or. Babe, it's about to come your way. Like some kind of warning, something. You only say excuse me if it stinks. It, this is awful. It smells like a, a, it smells like a sweet rotten egg. I don't even know how that happens, but that's exactly what it smells like. I can't. No, smell seriously, it. you need to get up and open the door because it's yours. It's kind of like you know the nature of things. You don't smell your own odors. Oh my god, Sean, honestly, go open the door. You'll be all right. Oh, my, hold on a minute. What's Holy wrong with head, you? This is awful. Go ahead. Tell everybody how much you appreciate everything. Now I was going to say I appreciate them today. <laughs> I was going to say keep sending us emails. TheCaseyCrew at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-E-CaseyCrew at gmail.com. All right. Now, um, this Sunday is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hopefully you enjoy your day. I know a lot of times we forget about the fathers and people forget about the fathers, but there's a lot of fathers out there that's actually working hard, doing their thing, taking care of their families and taking care of their kids. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You know, sometimes if if all the father, all the dad wants for a, a Father's Day gift, it's just to chill out. Just leave me the fuck alone and let me relax. Whatever it may be, take care of the kids. You know, just just leave me alone. Let me chill. If you drink, get your little brew. If you smoke, get your little whatever you're smoking. And just relax on Father's Day, all right? I'm back. Now, um... Hold on, hold on. Mm. You just said that what a lot of men might, might want for Father's Day is to just leave them the bleep alone. Yes. That's what you want for Father's Day? Absolutely. That's the best thing ever. Just to sit on my ass and do absolutely positively nothing and relax. That's the best Father's Day. That's gift. different than you ain't gotta take that's me different out. than leave me the bleep alone. Well, just let me relax. Like I, I you don't sound so callous. No, just just that's how I feel. Father's Day sometimes you just want to just chill and relax. Like I mean, it's one thing if you say, All right, you know, I want to go relax by the pool or I want to spend the day in bed watching movies or, you know, sit on the couch, play with the kids, or you know, something else to insinuate relaxation but when you say oh you know sometimes a bleep just wants to be left the bleep alone nah, just like that on. just you know that just kind of makes me feel like word that's what you want for father's day okay that's what you'll get yeah just turn the tv on just watch tv and just relax just just hey everything that has to do with the household chores and the kids and anything in the world on sunday that's the day we just say you know what i'll bother him on monday I don't know. Maybe it's just lost in translation for me. The way that you're putting it sounds, I don't know. It, it makes me 
feel less interested in making the day special for you. Sometimes just want to be left to bleep alone. Just left Father, to fuck alone. Father's Day, just just leave me alone. That's right. I don't want to deal with the struggles, with the with the with anything that's going on in the world. You know, I just want to chill out and just relax. Put my feet up. I don't want to uh, worry about anything. I don't want to cut no grass. If you have to cut grass, I don't want to take the trash out. I don't want to do shit. I just want to relax, sit on my ass, and chill out. Okay, note taken. That's it. Now, um, last week we ended the podcast saying we were going to talk about a subject. Um, the subject. Remember what the subject was. You said that you wanted to talk about um, self-esteem. Self-esteem. Yes. And and the reason I want to talk about that is I, we get a lot of people that email us and hit us up about our kids and self-esteem. And, and it's very difficult these days. And I think social media has a, a, a big part to that. And I think that a lot of kids are made fun of. A lot of kids are uh, bullied on social media, and I think it takes a lot of self-esteem to really overcome a lot of the stuff that's happening out there. I mean, when I was younger, we didn't have social media, so if something bad happened or something was embarrassing, it pretty much was just that day. And then the next day, people really just forgot about it, or if they did, it really didn't linger too long. But nowadays, it seems like it's a lot worse. If a child is going through something or a kid is going through something, whether it's a teenager, whether it's a pimple, whatever it may be. I mean, it, it's something that lasts a long time because of social media. So we really took a, 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 a strong push into our children with self-esteem and really helping them to make sure that nobody on the outside world. And I, when I say the outside world, anybody, any of their friends, anybody on social media can really affect them. And a lot of parents always ask how and what you instill in your kids to make sure that they are very strong and they are can, and they can combat all the negativity out there. So I thought the best thing would do is is to kind of just talk to them and tell them what we did as parents and how we continue to push and push our kids to be better and be stronger and to stand up for themselves and not let people really affect how they're feeling or, or, or you know or pretty much bully them. Well, with social media, it's such it's such a tool, and sometimes it can be used for good, but. More often than not, I think that it's used for negativity and it's because of the thing that everybody knows. If you have any kind of social media account, you understand that other people have the ability to sit behind a phone or to sit behind a computer screen and be their true selves or even worse than their true selves. And that might be motivated by jealousy or hatred or any number of negative emotions that they might be going through. But it's very easy to reveal those emotions because you have no face. Nobody's going to turn around and be able to identify you. You know, a lot of times people will have a fake profile or a fake page and they just have at it all day, insulting people and offending people. And it's really, it's really sad that there are so many people in the world that take that position and take the opportunity to do that for the sole purpose of hurting another person's feelings. I know that we're talking about kids, but I met a female the other day and a really nice girl and we were talking and um, she told me that she doesn't have a social media account. Mm -hmm. And I asked her why and she said that she's not strong enough to take on all of the negative comments that have the potential to be left on her page or right. on her Facebook. 
And I said, well, is that something that you experienced before when you did have social media? She said, yes. She said, and, you know, I'm a confident person and I like the way that I look and I like, you know, my contributions to the world. And, you know, when you have a social media account, you show people those things. People get to see a portion of who you are, but it can be 95% wonderful and other people will find that 5% that's left to pick on. Anything negative that a person can find about you or your contribution to the world, they will extract it and try to exploit it. Right. And she said, I'm going to be honest with you. Personally, I'm not strong enough to deal with that. Right. And I don't want to go back and look at myself and analyze myself based on a stranger's comment. And, you know, we've had this conversation and I've had this conversation with the kids and even some friends when, you know, you can post a picture and it can be 15 wonderful comments. Right. And it'll be that last 16th comment that's nasty or negative. And that's the one that you remember. And that's the one that a lot of times people will identify with like, Oh, is this really true? Or do I really look like that? Or is that really wrong with me? Or am I really that type of person? Or am I coming across that way? But you don't listen to the other comments that's telling you the positive things that they took away from the picture. And I just think that that's human, it's human nature. Right. I think, you know, well, first of all, with social media, what bothers me about social media is like you said, you know, people really focus on that one or two negative comments. Those are the two that people remember. They don't remember the 14 other nice comments that people said. They remember the two negative ones. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like I feel like people are not necessarily I think the world is getting very soft, soft, very soft, you know, very soft and and easy. And the reason I say that is with social media, I think it allows people to hide. And you mentioned that earlier. But the problem with with that is, is, you know, most of these people that say these negative things on social media will never say it to your face. They're suckers. They're soft. Uh, they they don't oh, have the, you mean. they don't have the balls or heart to, to be that, you know, and. And as, as, as horrible as it sounds and as violent as it sounds, but I think people, and I said this before in another episode, I think people need to start getting punched in the face again. And and I mean that wholeheartedly because, you know, people say things on social media and there's no consequences. So people can say that, you know, they think it's funny. They don't know what somebody's going through. You know, somebody could be depressed. Somebody could have had a bad day and that pushed them over the limit. Mm-hmm. That pushed them over the ledge. You don't know what somebody's dealing with. You don't know the right. stresses. Maybe somebody is, is about to lose their job or losing their job. Maybe somebody can't afford their bill. Maybe they're being stressed out because of child support. Maybe somebody's baby, you know, somebody's baby's father. The woman is not getting no money by the baby dad and she stressed the fuck out. And then she goes on Instagram. Somebody says, look at her weight or look at that. Yeah, that really affects people. And I really feel like people should start getting punched in the face again, because when I was a child, if I said something about somebody, I had to mean it because I would have to see that person the next day. Right. And if that person didn't like what I said, he was going to punch me in the face and I wasn't going to sue. But nowadays, not only can I shit on you on in social media, <laughs> I can shit on you. And then if you hit me, I can sue you. Like this world is getting to a soft you're, place. You're promoting violence. I'm not promoting violence. I'm, pro- I'm promoting people have to really mean own what they say. Mean what, what they, they say, say and own up to what they say because we're, we're creating a world where people are just saying anything to hurt anybody's feelings and that's not right. That's that's the first step of of pretty much telling you know people that the people that are saying all these things online are weak and soft. Like you look at some of these 
these pictures and these profile pictures. And some of these people are the horrible, most horrible looking people in the world. They look. But it's not even look, about how people look. It is because they look unhappy. It's not even like oh, that. It's okay. not even you look mean they, what's coming across? That's not the fact that they the are, if they're overweight or they they're, they're thin. No, they look unhappy. They look okay. miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, in their life, in their world, they look miserable. Right. And you know, for me, the first thing I do is if anybody says anything negative, nine times out of ten, I block them immediately. You know, um, I used to have a problem where I work hard and I enjoy working, and I work. Legitly, I don't sell drugs. I don't sell crack. I don't do things illegal. I'm not a scammer. I don't do credit card scams. I try to live life the right way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you get online and somebody would say something. Oh, look at this guy bragging. Oh, he's and, I, and it got and it would make me mad because it would make me mad because I bust my ass, you know, for people to be like, oh, he got this this way. No, I got this because I work my ass off and I continue mm-hmm. to work. And while you're on social media leaving a comment, I'm at work. <laughs> so, you know, it would make me upset and I had to take a step back and I was like, he's just probably miserable or she's just probably miserable. Or you see a comment on, on somebody's Instagram and it'd be like, um, you know, you're working hard and they'd be like, well, that's why, that's why I seen your wife at the mall with another guy. But like, what does that have to do with the car that I posted? And the person that she was <laughs> with was actually her nephew. That's 24 years old. And they're just the same size, the same age. You fucking foul piece of shit. But that's wait, a- did somebody say that? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like what? No, but but that's but that's the that's the feeling of a lot of people on social media. So with Madison and Logan, well not Logan, but with Madison, I really monitor her social media. I make <clears throat> sure that she knows that there are those type of people. I don't do that with Logan because I block Logan, but with Madison, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. And I blocked him, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm blocking him. <laughs> Um, with Madison, like, are you going to explain why you blocked Logan, or are you just going to leave it there? All right. Well, I tell people I blocked him. Now I pay for Logan's phone bill. <laughs> I pay for Logan's phone. I pay uh-huh. for Logan's clothes. I pay for Logan's food. I pay for his haircut. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, one day, Gia and I are coming home. He's on Instagram Live, and he sees us on Instagram Live. And this little meeting, we left a comment on his Instagram. Live. No, no, he didn't. We didn't leave a comment. He just seen us that we joined. Remember? Oh, he just saw that we joined. That's right. He okay. seen that we joined, and with us in with him seeing that we joined, he gets off Instagram Live, <laughs> blocks Gia and I, and then gets back on and does what he wants to do. Now the reason. Wait, 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 wait. Now the reason. No, wait. He didn't block us right away. Yes, he did. No, no, no. He didn't. He got off, and then he got back on, thinking that we wouldn't catch it when he went back live. And then we got back on, and then he got off again, and then he might have blocked us. Right. And the reason I keep saying I pay I because I was offended. Gear wasn't. Gear thought it was funny. Gia was sitting there laughing like, oh, this boy blocked us. I'm like, no, I'm taking this personal. No, no, no. I thought it was funny when no, he got off of Instagram. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny when he and blocked us. And I was pissed us. off. But I thought it was funny when he got off. I'm like, what could he possibly be doing? <laughs> he doesn't want us to see. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I was offended but, by but it. But you know what's funny? I mean, we're adults, right? right? So I look at the stuff that he does on Instagram Live as like lame. Like he's sitting there playing video games or... You know, he's not doing anything of any interest or... That's fine, but don't block me. No, no, no. I, you're missing my point. I am. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking about 
why I thought it was funny. Like, you're not doing anything interesting. It was just kind of cute. It was like, okay, I, I want this little itty bit of privacy for myself. I think that's all that that was. No, you get no privacy. Not not when we paying the bill. Well, he shouldn't have blocked us. I'm just saying, I think that he did that for, you know, his own little little bubble of privacy. There's no bubble of privacy. There, was there, well, I don't know, in your house. I had a bubble of privacy. In my, in my house, yeah. there was no bubble of privacy. There was no locks on my door. Yeah, but my your dad, house was different. Right. Well, this, this, like, your parents were very, very strict with you. You weren't allowed to do anything. Right. You know, as a 16-year-old kid. Like, the clamps were really tight on Oh, you. the clamps are not uh, tight here? I mean, the clamps are very, very okay. tight. But I don't think that the clamps feel tight here yeah, to the kids. Come on, come on. Let's be, let's be real. The other day, you were at the hair salon and you asked Madison to go get your charger from the car. <laughs> Don't tell that story. Right? Madison's 15 no, no, no. years ago. No, she had to get her own charger from the car. Right. And she asked me if I would go across the street and get the, in get the, the car charger from to the get car. The, the and you responded what? I said, why can't you go yourself? And what did she say? She said, because I'm not allowed to cross the street. She's 15 years old, turning 16 in a couple of months, and she can't cross the street. Hold on. Let me clarify. She cannot I had, listen, cross I had to street. come home and tell you that because it was funny. At what age were you able to cross the street and go to the park by yourself? I was allowed to cross the street probably at about eight. All right. So don't talk about but the But I wasn't allowed to go to the park by myself. Anyway. And, but, on, and no, I just no, want to say that. I at it. eight, you didn't have a cell phone. So it's not like your dad could be like... Gia! No, he couldn't. You just had to know when to come home. No, no, no. Hold right on. or wrong? Listen. Right listen, or wrong? Listen, listen, right listen, or wrong? Listen, listen, listen. Right or wrong? Yes, yes. Your daughter has true. a cell phone and still can't cross the street. Okay. Now you're go... making it sound so crazy. I clamps, can't even imagine but... how this is coming across. Can I clarify, please? There's no clarification. No, that's not about clamps. The reason she can't why... can't play in the cul-de-sac by herself. <laughs> right or wrong? No, they definitely can't play in the cul-de-sac oh, Exactly. And they have a cell phone. So don't say that. So they... what? So they can call me while the abductor is driving down the street with them? If they what does the cell phone, phone have to do? No, 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 no. Okay. Let me explain about this street situation. They no, they were not allowed to cross the street at the age of eight, nine, ten. And that's really because of the type of neighborhood that we live in. There's no sidewalks. So when they ask, okay, can I walk to so-and-so's house or can I go here and ride my bike there? The answer is no, because in our neighborhood, there's no sidewalks. And we have a lot of teenagers that are just getting their licenses. A lot of teenagers text and drive, talk on the phone and drive. And I don't want one of our kids to be pedaling down the street and... A, a, a teenager looks down at their phone and hits them. So that's why, hold on, that's why they're not allowed to be in the street, go to their friends' houses. I'm like, if you need to go somewhere, I will gladly take you and I will gladly pick you up. We're the only parents that do that. Okay. We're the only parents in that this may neighborhood that do that. We have one kid that climbs through the woods to come here at night. And he's 13. <laughs> Every other day, doesn't that boy climb through the woods? He comes here and he does go through the... He doesn't climb. He walk, You always have to be so dramatic. He walks through the woods to get to our house. So that's true. And that's even worse. You know why? Because he doesn't have to worry about sidewalks. He has to worry about bears. Well, I worry about sidewalks. If we had sidewalks and if they were... With a friend, I would allow them to walk a few blocks to another friend's house or they something like that. Walks, a friend, but hold a gun, on. But when we're talking, hold on. <laughs> when we're talking about crossing the street, the last that I ever had to talk to Madison about crossing a street might have been when she was 10 years old. That might have been, you're not paying attention to me. I was going to, to, me. to the bodega. That might have been five years ago. I haven't had to have a conversation with Madison about crossing the street because in our area, like you don't. 
There's no streets to be crossed. I was you get driven to your friend's house and you get picked up. So you don't have to cross a street for anything. But where we get our hair done, you know, it's a normal neighborhood and there are streets and stores and things like that. So we're not usually in the situation like when we usually are in an area like that and we cross the street, we're crossing the street together. It just hasn't been a situation where Madison and I are together and she has to cross a street and she has to cross it by herself. So she was recalling from five years ago saying, I'm not allowed to cross the street. So she's it's not still, that she's not allowed to cross the street. Not. Let's just be clear. She's allowed to cross the street. Rashawn. Right. Well, let's 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 get back to topic because I was talking about the, our clamps now. Now, for people who, who need to know, let's talk about, you know, how we instill self-esteem with our kids. And the reason I smell like this is because I had a salad. I've been eating all greens and <laughs> vegetarian farts. Are probably is that your worst. way of letting me know that something else is coming my way? Oh, it's definitely coming. But go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, you know, it's like that saying confidence is key. Um, when I was younger, my parents took every opportunity to give me confidence, give me confidence in my appearance, give me confidence in my abilities to give me confidence in whatever endeavor it was that I was going after. Mm -hmm. They always complimented me. And it wasn't just like a generic compliment. It was always a conversation, like a sit down where they let me know that they believed in me. Right. And they thought that I was capable. And because of that, I grew up feeling that way. So when we had our kids, it was so instilled in me by the way that I was nurtured to do the same thing for our kids. So I think everybody knows we're a very affectionate household. Right. And on top of showing physical affection to our kids, hugs and kisses and, you know, being playful and things of that nature... I pay a lot of attention to their schoolwork. I pay a lot of attention to anything that they're interested in. And when they excel or when they do well, I show them that I'm proud of them. I tell them every day when they wake up, they wake up to a compliment. I don't even know that we really call our kids by their names. It's always, hey, cutie. Hey, beautiful. Hey, handsome. You know, it's always something positive. Mm -hmm. If Logan bends down to tie his shoelaces and I like the bow and be like, hey, nice bow. You know, it's always some type of positive reinforcement so that they feel good about themselves. But that's only a part of what I think that it takes to overcome negativity that's probed by people on the outside. You know, you can really believe in yourself, but no matter how much confidence your parents give you in that you begin to develop on your own, I think that there's always going to be holes. I think that there's always going to be ways that people can get in. So I think that there are other steps that have to be taken to, to achieve that confidence. And that comes from within. I think that what most people don't realize is that they're beautiful. It's as though... There's a standard of beauty and I'm talking about on a lot of different fronts for men, you know, men have ideals and women have ideals. And the further that you feel that you are from those ideals, the more inadequate I think most people tend to feel 
but people don't take stock of who they are and what they have to offer and what's inside and what's so genuinely beautiful about them. You know, it's about, you know, how perfect can I get this contour and, you know, what are the best lashes that I can buy and, you know, how many days am I going to spend in the gym? And that's all wonderful. I applaud people that take pride in their appearance. I certainly do. But that's not what real beauty is. That's just something to accentuate your beauty. And when you don't feel beautiful, when you don't really sit back and realize like, shit, like I'm beautiful. I'm a good person. I'm a great person. I love the people around me. I'm kind. I'm generous. I'm caring. I'm giving. I love my family. I go out of my way. I'll do anything for another person. When you don't take stock of how beautiful you really are, that's when those holes begin to appear and people are able to infiltrate. Right. You know, I I look at it a little differently, though. You know, listening to what you're saying, I agree with you. Um. I, I do think that you should compliment your kid and really pat your kids on the back at all times. I don't do it as much because I also feel like in the real world, they're not going to get that all the time. You know, they're not going to get that pat on the back, even when they do things good. So they kind of got to make themselves feel good. You know, if I do something in the real world, that's great and amazing. Nine times out of 10, a lot of people won't say good job because they hate and they hate not because they necessarily uh, don't like what you did is because they didn't do it first or they can't do it. So what I try to tell them is I point out everything that's negative and nasty so they understand, oh, he's just a hater. You know, if, you know, and I, and I teach them, you know, to compliment as well. So for instance, if we're somewhere and somebody has a, a nice car, I'd be like, oh, that's dope. And I'll tell them, oh, yeah, I'm like, yo, I love your car. Absolutely. So that way they understand, wow, that's that's not what a hater does. If you see somebody with a nice house or a nice pair of sneakers, no matter who it is, a kid, oh, yo, I love your or jeans. Or anything positive oh, word, about that's them. that's a dope shirt, dog. Just things like that so they understand <laughs> that, damn, like, it's, it's a 360 spin. Like, you know, you see that guy right there? Wait, you see that comment that he left? It's because he's upset that he doesn't have it or he's upset because he couldn't do it, you know, or you see that guy right there. You see the way he's looking or you see the nasty face. He's doing that because he's really jealous. Mm -hmm. And so they get that feeling. So they know exactly what it is when they see it, you know, and my only fear with continuing to compliment them as much is when you get to that real world. Sometimes people don't compliment you. You know, think about yourself. All right. When you go out and another female says, wow, you look pretty. A lot of times you take a step back, be like, wow, that was nice of you to say that because, oh, yeah, you don't you're not necessarily used to that. You're used to a bitch looking at you kind of stink and you're like, why the fuck is this bitch looking at me like that? Because that's how people are, you know. But so when somebody goes out of their way and be like, hey, you know, I just want to tell you that's a dope shirt. You feel it, it's more of a wow. That was nice of you to say that, you know, Absolutely. because you don't really get that as much, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with, with kids, especially, they never get that because I think a lot of time, <clears throat> a lot of parents don't teach their kids to, you know what, if you see something nice or you see something that somebody's compliment them, mm-hmm. you know, make them feel good, you know, because that's what we should do as a society. If somebody does something nice or somebody does something good, it's like, yo, dog, that was dope. But, in you know, in in turning, if somebody is fucked up or depressed or not in a good mood, you should talk to them as well. 
You know, if you see somebody, and that's why I love Madison, and that's why I love Logan, our kids. I mean, I love them regardless of our kids, but <laughs> they are the type of kids that if they see somebody depressed, they'll go talk to them. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I didn't do that as a kid. You know, I, I just didn't care. They're depressed. I want really? to keep moving. I just didn't. It mm-hmm. just was, as a kid, I was kind of taught to mind your business. You do you and you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, something's happening over there. You keep moving. I wasn't the kid that somebody's fighting and I was going over to look. My dad always taught me, you go over to look, somebody pulls a gun, you get shot. If you go home, you can hear about it tomorrow. You could okay. live another day. Mm-hmm. So, but our kids, they actually do that. And, and. Well, they care. They, that That's great. Right. You know, it, it doesn't matter who it is or what it is. If they feel like somebody's in a bad move or a bad situation or doing bad, they genuinely ask how you doing. And that's because we push them so much to care about everything around them. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of that is, is based on what you taught them. <laughs> you know, I taught them most of the hate and shit. Like, fuck that <laughs> hater. But you taught them more of the compassionate stuff. And that's why I think in, in a relationship and. And family, it has to be two sides of people teaching them two different things so they can understand two different ways. Yeah. I, you know, I love what you just said about complimenting people. And it's really a way to lead your children by example. The last thing that I want for my children is to grow up with any characteristics of jealousy. It's nice to look at someone that has something that you admire or that's doing something that you may aspire to do, but you use that as motivation. When that turns into jealousy, that's when it becomes dangerous. So you're absolutely right. It's wonderful when you set an example where your children can see you and you know, you're in a great place in life or you're not. But when they see you taking time to compliment another person, you know, and I got to be honest, sometimes it, it's a matter of training yourself. Right. Um, like, for instance, we went out to eat with another couple mm-hmm. and it's a new couple to us. They're kind of like new friends and The female, I just think that she's so amazing. I think that she's beautiful on the outside. She's so well-dressed, poised, articulate, intelligent. And, you know, when we left the dinner, and we all hit it off. And when we left the dinner, I remember getting in the car and saying to you, wow, you know, like she's really a winner. Mm -hmm. You know, like her husband is very, very lucky. And he's a great guy too. But it's so rare that you find a female that is attractive and smart and, you know, takes pride in the way that she looks, takes pride in the way that she presents herself to the world by way of her actions and whatnot. She seems so caring and loving and she's a mother and everything. And I just, I felt like I had to say that to you out loud. I said it to her already. Right. But I just, I don't think that most females will take an opportunity to give kudos to another female, especially to their husband or their boyfriend. And right before I said it to you, there was like an almost instinct not to say it. Mm -hmm. And I had to make sure that I said it to overcome that instinct. If that makes sense to you, right? Because I never want to be that person And I just had to say, like, oh, my God, she's such a winner. Gotcha. Like, she's a special girl. You know what I mean? And 
That's what I mean by people sometimes have to train themselves out of their bad ways. Because even for me, you know, you're just raised in a world where as soon like when you see somebody or when you see something, the first thing that you do is kind of pick it apart. Mm-hmm. What you like about it, what you don't like about it. And I really do think that it's in a lot of humans nature to say something negative or to point out the negative mm-hmm. and not necessarily as a teenager, but probably like when I hit my twenties, I realized that right. about myself and I was able to acknowledge like, wow, that's not like I had to stop and, and really notice and say, wow, that that's not a good thing to see something that all is right with it, but you are going to know that it's a good thing, but you're going to out loud to people or to your best friend or to your husband, or whatever, you're going to say the negative thing. Right. So I make it my, I at that point, I decided that I wasn't going to do that. And I make it my business not to say negative things about people. And it's gotten to a point in this part of my life that I don't notice the negative. Now I notice all of the beauty and it doesn't matter who I'm looking at or what I'm looking at in my mind. I'm saying to myself subconsciously, that's a beautiful person. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and sometimes like we'll have conversations like we might be, you know, in the bed and watching TV or something and you might show me something. And if you say something negative, like what's the first thing that I say to you? If I say something negative? Yeah. I don't know. What do you say? You say you don't like that? What do you say when I say something negative? I don't know. You tell me. What do I say to you? When I say something negative? About somebody or something. Oh, you say you usually usually say you don't like it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just really think that people kind of have to take that route to be better, to better themselves. But like with a lot of the things that we talk about when we sit in this room and crack these mics, you know, it's about being deliberate. Right. You know, you have to deliberately be better. You have to be better to yourself and you have to be better to other people and not keep perpetuating like this negativity in the world. And, you know, you're, people might say, oh, well, I'm only one person, but you're one person living your one life and God is looking at you and you may not know it, but when you promote negativity and do negative things unto others, you are blocking your blessings. Right. Yeah, no, I I absolutely positively agree. And, you know, back to our kids, I I think teaching them some of the things that you just said and encouraging them to do a lot of things that you said puts them on the right path of their self-esteem being better than anything else in this world. You know, I really do think that. And shout to Talkspace for supporting this week's episode of the KC Crew. Now, Talkspace is the online therapy company that makes it easy to connect with a licensed and experienced therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. Now, Talkspace is 100% confidential. You can remain completely anonymous if you want. And you can join over 500,000 users who have experienced the relief of being able to talk to a therapist at their own discretion. All right? Visit Talkspace.com slash Casey for a special $30 discount off your first month. Or download the Talkspace app and use coupon code Casey. That's Talkspace.com slash C-A-S-E-Y. Or use the Talkspace app and enter coupon code Casey to get $30 off your first month. Talk space, therapy for all. You know something? Um, 
I want to talk about, because what just came to mind is um, how self-esteem or low self-esteem can play out for a person in the real world. Um, I would say about maybe eight or nine, maybe about eight, maybe, I would say eight years ago, I mm-hmm. had a friend and um, actually not necessarily a friend. It was um, a sister of a friend. Uh-huh. And... She was a nice looking girl, beautiful girl, but I don't believe that she believed that about herself. Right. And she got into a relationship and she wound up getting married and they had a child together. And through that relationship, I know that her boyfriend turned husband was always very belittling towards her. And he would insult the way that she looked. He would insult the things that she did. He would insult anything that she had her hands into. He would find a way to demean it. Mm -hmm. And she started taking those things on and wearing them. Right. And believing that, believing those things about herself. And it affected the way that she carried on in the world. It affected the way that she was with her friends. I'm sure it affected, you know, the vision that came back to her when she looked at herself in the mirror and you started to see her become less and less and less of a person. Mm -hmm. Now let me tell you a little bit about her husband. Um, He's a very good looking guy. Uh And one time I spoke with her and I asked her why she put up with everything that he did. And at that point, she didn't know the worst of what he had done. It was it was lost on her. She didn't know. And um, at this point, it was just him being condescending and things of that nature. And she said that the reason was because she felt as though she was so lucky to be with him. Right. And I said, well, what do you mean by lucky? And she said, he's so good looking. He can have anybody that he wants but he chose me and I know that I'll never be able to find another guy like him again right I said oh no no see that's where you're wrong you would be able to find a lot of guys just like him Mm -hmm. he's not unique he's not special that nasty negative condescending personality is a dime a dozen. Right. You'd be able to find a lot like him. What you're putting all of your stock and all of your value in is the way that he looks. And that is the least important thing when it comes to deciding who you want to spend the rest of your life with. Right. Now, of course, you know, I'm not saying that it's not necessary for us to be attracted to the person that we're with, but that is not Everything And if you put things on a list, I would put love, respect, honesty, and about 10 other things before I would put someone's looks. And that's where all of her value lied. And that's why she allowed him to treat her that way. And also, in in the mix of him doing all of that, he was creating a power over her that was growing like a snowball every day. It was just rolling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it just turned into a monster where she felt so insecure and 
he was able to tell her, you know, if you ever leave me, you'll never be able to find somebody else. Nobody's going to want you. This is wrong with you. That's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And she believed it. So a lot of that was rooted in self-esteem. He wound up cheating on her and um, some other, you know, horrible things came of that. And eventually, with the love and support of her family and some friends, she was able to pull away from him. But she was very young at the time, and she wasted about 10 years of her life because she didn't realize how beautiful she was early on. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And and I think if we see this as family members and, and siblings and you know, parents, we have to make sure that we instill this into our family, not just kids in our families early on and continue to, you know, instill this into our family, you know? Absolutely. You know, you know what I want to talk about a a little bit too? I want to talk a little bit about uh, stress and depression. Stress and depression. Yeah, stress and depression, because I think um, in a lot of relationships, a lot of a, a lot of tension in relationships are due to stress and depression. Okay. You know, um, even even with us, like the last couple of weeks, I've been stressed out heavy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, just a lot on my plate, you know, a lot of planning, you know, we're planning Madison's sweet 16, you know, you know, the kids are having this huge party. We just got back on vacation. Work has been crazy. It's just been a lot going Mm -hmm. on and and it's been stressful. Mm hmm. And it's been stressful because although people see the, the glitz and the glamour, oh, you got this, oh, you're driving this, oh, that, you know, there's there's always a price to pay for a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, And I've been stressed out. You know, I've been fucking busting my ass to the point where, you know, as a provider mm-hmm. and as a father, there's a fine line, you know, because you want to be the best dad in the world and you want to be there all the time. But mm-hmm. then sometimes you can't because the things that you want to provide for your family, you have to go out and make. It pulls you away from the house. It pulls you away from the house. Mm-hmm. And then also with work, you know, you always want to be the next, you know, you never want to be stale. You want to see what's next. What can I do next? What? How can I outdo last year? You know, you, you create a vision board of all these things that you want to do to become a better person. Mm-hmm. And people deal with stress and depression differently. You know, and uh, the last three or four weeks, like I said, I've been pushing hard and, and working it. And the way that I try to deal with stress is I try to sleep. Mm-hmm. I try to sleep when I can. And the reason I try to sleep there when I can is because I don't have to deal with the stress. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm sleeping, I ain't got to and it, I don't have to affect it. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about what I have to do. I ain't got to think about, damn, I got to fly here. Oh, damn, I got to go there. Oh, shit, I got to do this. Oh, shit, we having a party. Damn, it might rain. What the fuck am I going to do when it rains? Well, we got to do this. Well, Madison wants to do She's turning on Sweet 16. She wants to do a big party. Well, we got to do this. It's so much constantly going on. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I'm even mentioning it is because I know that happens in a lot of relationships. So first, I want to apologize to you because when I get stressed, I become nasty. Mm-hmm. I feel like the world is on my back and it's me versus the world. I become... Uh, almost like a tiger like I just want to eat everything you know and it's Mm -hmm. not that I'm being nasty at you well I am being nasty at you but it's it's my way of dealing with the stress you know some people drink some people smoke some people smoke cigarettes some people use crack cocaine heroin whatever to deal with their stresses you (laughs) know but for me it's like I hold it all in because whatever I'm going through, I try to keep it away from everybody else. So I would like to first apologize if I have been nasty or rude the last couple of weeks because that's how I deal with it. But I try to catch that and say, you know what, I want to be better. And the reason I say that is because I, I, you know, I see a lot of people with their emails and and people are stressed out, especially a lot of women are stressed out with 
just the way that they look. You know, they look online and they see these quote unquote perfect bodies. That's mm-hmm. not perfect. You know, they see these bodies on perfect that are manipulated through filters, mm-hmm. you know, manipulated through uh, surgeries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women try to be these things that don't really exist. And they're stressed out trying to create that, whether they're not eating, they're trying to create surgeries, they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing, like butt shots in a basement to kind of be a better person. But it really doesn't make them any happier because even though you can fix yourself on the outside, a lot of times your your inside is still fucked up. Right. You know, and for men and for men, too, you know, it's difficult out here for especially and I'm just going to talk for African-American because I'm black and I know how it is sometimes. And I appreciate everybody that listens because so many different mixed people listen. But it's difficult because not only do you feel like you have it hard out here, you know, whether you're driving or you got to fear for your life at times, that is a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just want to encourage people out there, whether you're black, white, Asian, whatever you are, if you're dealing with stress and you're dealing with depression to be upfront with your spouse or be upfront with your significant other because you holding that in doesn't do anything but make the relationship worse. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's affecting our relationship? Um, when I don't talk about it, I think it makes it worse. I think um, for us, um, you know, because we have a fun relationship mm-hmm. when things are right. When when we when we are cool and we're having fun, we have a fun relationship. We joke, we smack each other on the ass. I give you wedgies. You know, <laughs> we jump on my back. We have a fun relationship. Uh-huh. But when things are outside, things are affecting our relationship. Whether it's stress, whether it's whatever it may be, you know, it's it affects it because I'm not that happy go lucky guy. I can't like you. You know what you do perfectly that that I commend you with all the time you can get punched in the face 52 times at 10 o'clock at night at 10 15 you can have a conversation with me and it's like you didn't even get punched one time <laughs> you know that's something I, I I really admire because if I get punched 52 times at 10 o'clock I'm still talking about it at 10.15. I'm still talking about it at 10.20. I'm still talking about 10.30, 10.45. I'm like, I got to go get my gun because I got to kill this person. Like, it's still on my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, with you, things don't, they're not necessarily on your mind as much, which I can never do. So it always affects me. And I realize it affects how I treat you. It affects how I look at you. It affects how I look at the kids. It affects everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, for me... The reason why I'm like that, it's kind of like that saying, you know, there's no use crying over spilled milk. When something happens and there's nothing that you can do about it and it's over and done with, talking about it, being upset about it, pondering over it, replaying it over and over in your mind is pointless unless there's something that you can get out of it, unless there's a way that you can better that situation or alter the outcome after the fact. But if you can't, then beating yourself up, worrying about it is pointless. So for me, I choose to let things go. And I think also part of it is that if I'm going through something or if something's bothering me, I don't like to negatively affect the people around me Mm -hmm. because I know, especially in this house, 
I feel as though everybody's mood is like dependent on my mood. If you call me in the morning from work right. and you're like, hey, babe. And I'm like, hi. You're like, what's wrong? Is something wrong? Is everything okay? Did I do something wrong? Did I bother you? I, I, what, what's wrong? Why do you sound like well, that? Well, that's the scared effect, though. And I'm like, all I said was hi. Well, see, well, see, but that's that's the scared effect, and I, and I, and I tell you why, because of of our history and our past, mm-hmm. and me and and my infidelity. Mm-hmm. I always want to prove that as a man, I'm a different person and I'm a changed person. Mm-hmm. So but I you go, do that every day, but I go over and beyond to show you that. So when I talk to you, and it's not that happy go lucky gear. I don't know if it's, hey, you just hit your head or you just hit your pinky toe or you're thinking about something that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's always a constant stressor. You see what I'm saying? Because I don't want to go back to that place. That place was such a dark, dirty, desolate place. Fuck that place. Like, I never want to go back. So when I talk to you and you're not as happy as you usually are, it makes me think sometimes, is she back there? You know, mm-hmm. which is a place that I never want to go back. So that's why when I call you and you don't seem your happy go lucky self, I don't. The, the first thing on my mind is, damn, did she hit a pinky toe? The first thing on my mind is not. The first thing that I'm thinking is not. Did she see something on TV that was disgusting? I'm thinking back to that place, so I try to make sure we're never in that place. So besides all the work that I do, I try to make sure that you never feel that feeling that you felt before. No, no, I, I understand that. But you're, you know, if I'm not on 10, to me, it's as though you, I, I just feel like you're so hinged on my emotions. So I always, I feel like emotionally responsible for the household. You know, if the kids come home and I'm not doing a backflip, you know, it's like, mom, are you okay? What's wrong? And I'm like, wow, like my family expects me to be happy and expressing that happiness 100% of the time. Right. And of course, I I can't do that. But I I have to admit, I am a happy person. So I think that's why you all expect that from me. But when something negative does happen, I think I'm just the sort of person that isn't going to... I'm not going to wear it and I'm not going to let you see it. And it's not that I'm hiding it by not wearing it. It's just that I deal with it in a different way. Internally, I cope and right. I I figure it out. I figure it out. And then you're able to see the good me on the outside or the happy me on the outside. So, yeah, if I do get punched 50 times, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go wash my face. I'm going to put ice on my bruises and then... I'm going to figure out, okay, how am I going to move forward? But when my family sees me, I'm going to be bruised up, bleeding and stitched up, but I'm going to be smiling at the same time because if you guys see me hurt and beat down, then everybody's going to be hurt and beat down feeling sorry for me. And I never want that. So maybe that's why you see what you see when we're in the middle of some kind of negative situation. Right, But but that's how, how it is. And in any negative situation, I always feel like, Okay, I, it makes me not concentrate and focus. So, for instance, there's people out there that can, you know, they can get into an argument with their spouse and get into a situation and then go to work like nothing's happened. I'm the opposite. If my household is fucked up, my entire life is fucked up. Mm-hmm. There is no, okay, well, I'm just going to go get these pair of sneakers. I don't want to shop. You know what I mean? It's not that I got to, you know, if, if something's on my mind, I got to get it off my mind. That's just the way that I am. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I say, you know, if you're stressed out, you got to deal with it at home before it gets to a point because you might, a lot of people might not think it affects their work or affects something that they're doing outside of the family, but it does, you know, and especially with me. Like, I wear my emotions on the stream when it comes on my sleeve when it comes to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is, you know? So if something's not right here, I'm fucked up. <laughs> no, I am. I'm fucked up. But, like, I can't even concentrate DJing if I'm doing a party. Because I'm thinking about when this motherfucking hour's over, I got to go home. And I got to deal with that, you mm-hmm. know? And, and that really fucks with my psyche. And I know a lot of men deal with it because a lot of men say, okay, you know, they want to protect and provide. And they always want what's best and what's better for their children and what's better for their wife or their girlfriend. And that's a lot of pressure, and a lot of stress sometimes, you know. Well, you know what I think is important. And let me ask you this. Yes. Because I think that if the relationship is right mm-hmm. and if it is what it should be, that man and of course it's women, too. Right. You're talking from your perspective and of obviously course. you're a man. Um, so I'll keep it, you know, in, in step with that, that man has to feel as though his house and his relationship and his marriage is a sacred and a secure place Mm -hmm. where if he's going through something or he's feeling something that he can come to her and tell her what's wrong. That sounds good, but most men don't want to do that. Because and it makes it, them feel like you said earlier, soft. Exactly. Or weak. weak. Exactly. Like if I'm going through something, no matter what it is, it could be it could be anything. It could be, I don't know, the smallest thing to the biggest thing. I never want to have that energy on our family. Like for instance, right? You know, we're setting up for this party uh, this weekend and it's the weekend, we don't know if it's going to rain or not. It's like a 20% chance or a 40% chance. It went up to chance. a 60% Who knows? chance. I'm stressed. Right? But now we invited all these people. We have all this food. We have all this shit going on. And we still got to do so many different things in the house. You know, I'm talking pull bushes out, put bushes back in. The grass ain't growing. You're trying to make, and this is partly my fault because I try to do this. You try to make things almost perfect. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, it's, and it's stressful. Every day I'm like, shit, we might be busting our ass for the last two weeks preparing for this crib. And it might rain and right. we got to cancel a party. Right. But then I, I'm also looking at it like, shit, I'm I'm a DJ and I'm booked from here until September every weekend. So the next time we're going to be able to throw our kids a party is September. And their birthday's in June. Their birthday's in June. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So for me, that's a stressor because I'm sitting there, you know, this is the funny thing. I'm DJing a club and I'm looking at the fucking seven day forecast. You at the forecast and you texted me. <laughs> From the DJ booth, like the percentage went up. I'm like, aren't you working? But that's what that's what's on my mind. I don't give I'm a, like, don't worry. I'm worrying about the forecast. I don't give a you fuck worry about, about what doing people want to hear. But, but that's just how I think. You uh-huh. see what I'm saying? And then I'm like, shit. If it does rain and it's you know the the grass is wet, I just bought all the kids white Yeezys to wear. So what the fuck are we gonna wear now? Because the white Yeezys gonna be green. Okay. You know. But they, these are the things that I think about because I try to think beforehand Mm -hmm. maybe it's just me maybe it's my demented mind or how i think of things but that's how life affects me but let me ask you this because you said that most men don't want to appear weak right and share their stresses or come home and like fall into their soft place with their spouse or with their girlfriend right do you feel that way do you feel like yeah yeah i mean we've been together over 23 years but there's still things 
I want you to, and, and, and it's just the way that I look at things. And I think a lot of men look at that. I just want to feel like a man. I never want, I, you know, for one thing as a man and as a father and as a husband, you always want to look at as a winner. You know, you never want to fail for your family. You always want to be that inspiration. So things could be going wrong, whatever it may be. You never want to look that bad. You never want your kids and your wife to feel the stress or the pressure that you have. Mm-hmm. Never in a million. No, I know that about in you. one years. But it doesn't really work because you may not say it, but you wear it. So then it's evident nonetheless. All right. For instance, the small, I, I mean, I try not to wear it. I try not to show that I'm wearing it. And I realize I wear it after like the smallest things bother me. Like, you know, we went to North Carolina and you lost, you left a bracelet, a Chanel bracelet in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. Yeah, We talked about that one right. podcast and I was supposed to take it out the safe. I didn't take it out the safe. I, I didn't see it. But long long story short was it was like what a four or five years old bracelet. They don't make it anymore. It was one of your it was one of your favorite pieces to wear, mm-hmm. right? Now I felt bad because this was your favorite piece of jewelry, but I necessarily didn't look at it like that during that time. I was like, it's a piece of jewelry. I forgot it. Fuck. But for you, it's like yo, this is my favorite piece of jewelry. If I had this for six seven years, they don't even make this shit no more. So what did I do? For the next three, four days, I'm fucking calling every Chanel, every pawn shop, every Amazon, eBay account, everything I possibly can do to find this bracelet. Mm-hmm. It, it, it the, the 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 amount of money didn't matter. I didn't care if it was a hundred dollars or twenty thousand dollars. It was the fact that this meant something special to you, and you liked it. This was your favorite piece, and I wanted to get that back for you. You know, that's how I look at things. If you know, so that stressed you out. I mean, it's a stressor on my life. I wouldn't say it stressed me out to the point where I'm dying on the floor and I'm like, I need some cocaine. Well, I didn't but say all that. Not that type of stress. This is like the fourth time you mentioned cocaine during this podcast. But, it's kind of become the motif. What's going on no, here? It wasn't that type of stressor, <laughs> but that that's how it is. You know, that's how I look at lives. Like when I go something, I go hard. Like I go 150 miles per hour. That's just how I feel. So these are the things that I try to provide for my family, but I never want you guys to see the stress or to feel the stress. Okay, now I understand. Like for saying. instance, when they, you know, when I almost got robbed in um, Patterson, when they shot up the car, right? Remember mm-hmm. when they tried to rob me? And you said, well, how come it doesn't affect you or bother you like that? I think part of the reason it doesn't affect me or bother me is because I never want to show that fear that, you know, dad was almost hurt. Dad almost lost his life. Your husband almost lost his life, you mm-hmm. know? Because if I show fear... Then everybody around you... Everybody around me will, will be fear fearful. for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I never want that. I never want to leave at night and my daughter kiss me and say, this might be the last time I kiss my dad. Or I never want to leave right. at night and, and you say, you know, you have that feeling like this is the last time I might see my husband. Right. You know, I never want that fear on you guys. So I take it on the chin and I keep it moving. Like it doesn't... But then give, let me ask you this. How do you really feel? So I know that that's what you're putting out there to us. Right. But how do you really feel? I really, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Because you're so trained. I'm so trained to, to be that let person. things dodge off of me. I don't think about how I feel. I understand. You know what I mean? It's it's nothing that I think of like, oh, how I feel today? Or well, maybe I shouldn't do this. Or, well, let's go. I, I don't think that way. I always think my family can't feel this way. Mm-hmm. And not just you and the kids, but my mom, my dad is like, you put a wall in front of you so that you protect everybody else behind you. Yeah. I mean, I think we have that in common. We both care about 
like you care about me and the kids. You care about, you know, the people that you love around you. And I care about you and the kids. And I think we're always trying to protect them from things like fear or worry. And like you've been saying stress and, and things of that nature. But you just have to, I think that, you know, maybe you need to focus a little bit more on when something is bothering you, being a little bit more forthcoming about it because we always go through the same song and dance. You are a little attitudinal. Correct. You might even teeter on nastiness. And then I'm upset with you because I feel as though I'm the recipient of it. And then I'm not nice and loving, caring and supportive towards you because you're taking out this phantom stressor on me and I don't even know necessarily what it is. Right. And I'm offended that you didn't talk to me about it, but I'm getting the repercussion of it. Right. So then it always turns into a sitting down or laying down on the bed and having to have a conversation Correct. about it. And maybe the fact that it builds up so much for you in your mind, it seems like, you know, there's like a clog. And then when we have this conversation, sometimes you're saying things that, aren't necessarily constructive or you might say something that I don't like right? and you go about it the wrong way because you are stressed out. Correct. And while I'm able to understand that and realize I can identify it, I am still somewhat resentful because I feel as though at this stage of the game, you're able to make sense of what's going on. You're able to see it for yourself and you should be able to know what you're doing and the negative effect that it may be having on the relationship. I think that's what and you're then wrong. that's something that we have to overcome. No, I think that's what and you're wrong, then though. apologies have to be yeah. administered and all these things. And it could have been avoided if when you were feeling stressed out about any particular thing, you just came to me and said, Hey babe, or you know, let's go to dinner and then you tell me how you're feeling and then I can support you right but the problem with that is i think that's where you're wrong and apologies happen every day b i, I, I think <laughs> what song is that from no that's from um paid in full oh okay <laughs> okay but, uh, I, yeah, yeah. but I, I i think that's where you're wrong you know when people are nasty and negative they don't see themselves as being nasty and negative it's not like you know they can stand outside the box and be like damn that motherfucker's being nasty and negative oh that motherfucker's me it doesn't work like that <laughs> okay it works like you know it's almost like you build up a, a invisible wall where you think that nobody understands and nobody sees you and you think you're being normal and you think all these things until you realize that the people around you are changing, you know, and when they change, you'd be like, well, why the fuck is everybody changing around me? And then you'd be like, oh, maybe that's because of the way I'm acting. Oh, you know, maybe it's me or maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, it's like what I have to start doing is when I start feeling certain things, whether it's good or bad or how it feels, I have to get on in front of it and say, this is what's going on because Mm -hmm. that usually trickles into other different things that doesn't affect like, which makes me resentful is let's say we're in a situation, right? Mm -hmm. And I look at this relationship as, you know, I'm I'm the protector I'm the provider. I make sure everybody's good. You know, ah, get out of my way. We're going to do this. Ah, we're going to do that. I'm going to make sure this, whatever, you know? Okay. And then you're upset because of the way that I'm treating you, right? I'm not following. I'm a, Okay, so let me, let me break it down again. 
Just don't do that voice again. <laughs> I'm the protect and provider of the family, right? Uh-huh. I'm stressed out for something, whatever it may be. Okay. Or I'm upset about something that happened, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I, I affect you in a, in, a, in a negative way. Right. I don't know I'm affecting you in a negative way. You should. I, I don't. You know, most men or most people, most women, when they affect their spouse, they don't necessarily know what they're doing until it's affected, until the person gets affected or the, or the person tells them. So mm-hmm. I don't know I'm affecting you in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Right. You have an attitude with me. Right. Because of how I'm treating you right. or because of something I'm lacking or not doing. Mm-hmm. When you have that attitude with me, I don't know that I'm treating you bad or I don't know that I'm affecting you in a negative way. All I see is no disrespect. This, this bitch, bitch is I knew, mad. I knew it was coming. This bitch is mad after all the shit that I do. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So that makes me resentful. So now uh-huh. I'm looking at you like, this fucking bitch. And now you look at me. And I'm looking at you like. This fucking dude. Uh-huh. So now we got this this fucking dude and this fucking bitch. And we're not on the same page. Right. And it makes things worse. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I don't know what I'm doing. But now for me, it's not the fact that I treated you. I'm like, this bitch is acting like this. And you're like, well, this dude is acting like this. And now we're not on the same page and not on the same page creates problems. But it all stemmed from right. you not being forthcoming in the first place. Right. A lot of places came after that first one and they could have all been negated had you done what was right in right. the first one. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like when you came home Last night or was it the night before? Last night or the night before? And I think it was the night before. You came home. And yes, we're going through this right now. Right. So. As you see, this is real. We don't hide anything. We talk everything good, bad and ugly. But go ahead. So you come home and you get in the bed and you're like, oh, I have a headache. And I'm like, word. Because usually if you were like, oh, babe, I have a headache. I'm like, oh, hold on, let me run downstairs, let me get you Tylenol, let me get you some water, would you like some some Chips Ahoy red red pack cookies? You right. know, what What I would you like? Now. What I can I that. do? Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? Why don't you just lay here? I'm going to fluff your pillow, I'm going to tuck you in, I'm going to rub your back, right. and you just drift off to sleep, boo-boo. Typically, that's how I would take care of you. Right. But this time, it was like, word? All right, well... Hope you feel better. Right. And, and then I just wanted to turn over. And I think you were waiting for the normal reaction from me. And when I didn't give it to you, you're like, um, can you get me an aspirin? Right. And, and and you know what I was thinking in return? What? Next tomorrow, when you take a shower, I'm going to take the toilet paper out the bathroom and the body wash. So now you're going to be stuck in the fucking shower <laughs> with nothing. Were you really thinking that or are Absolutely. you kidding? Absolutely. I w- that's, but that's what ran through my mind. You were like, so spiteful. I'm like, I got to get this bitch back. Oh, you don't want to get, you don't want to get the Tylenol after your husband just drove five hours in the back of a fucking car crammed yep. up. I said, all right. When she takes a shower in the morning, she's going to turn that water on and realize there's no fucking body wash. <laughs> Which is the worst. Right. So now, and, and, and at that time, nobody's home. So you got to jump your naked ass to downstairs to the pantry or jump your naked ass to somebody else's bathroom. I have, to get I have a secret stash of body wash that you no. don't know about right. for times like that. Right. But when you said that to me, you're like, well, can you get me some aspirin? I want to be like, yo, go get your own aspirin. I don't care that you've been cramped up in the back of the car or in the back of the truck for five hours. I don't care how your head feels. I don't care about anything that you're complaining about right now. But what I do know is you need to take care of that Mm. on your own. But I went and I got it for you because you asked and I gave it to you and I turned over and I went to sleep. And in that moment, I really I'm going to be honest, like I didn't care how you felt. Right. 
And that's the type of environment that you create with negative actions. And it can all be avoided. I get it. You know, but what I what I what I really do believe and I don't know if it's the most I'd like to be positive, but this is just real. You know, I feel like when your partner, whether it's, you know, a male or a female doesn't do the right thing in a relationship like there has to be a consequence mm-hmm. you know when see but i don't i disagree like we, we say consequence like relationships are you're talking like to your a child. child right but but i'm gonna be honest with you babe like you you only respond to consequences and this is just our history if you treat me that way when you're stressed out and you don't talk to me about it and instead all I get is nastiness and attitude. If you ask me for that aspirin in the midst of all this nastiness and attitude and I rub your back and I take care of you and I love on you and I support you and everything, you know what? The next time you feel stressed, there's no encouragement for you to talk about it. You know why we're having this conversation right now? Because what you're getting from me in response, you don't like. So it becomes a topic. It it creates, it puts a spotlight on it where you have no choice but to realize what's going on and acknowledge it and say, you know what, I want to do better, which is exactly what you're doing in the beginning of the podcast. You apologize because you are able to see it because that spotlight is on it. If I rub your back and kiss you and be like, is there anything else that you need, baby? You know, it's like, all right, I could do what I want. Right. Like I have an attitude, she's just going to take it. If I'm nasty, she's just going to take it. If I call and I don't speak nice. She's just going to take it. No, like, and I don't. Okay. So the word consequence, it gives off a certain feeling, right? Just like you said, like, 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 like another person's a child. Right. But that's just the feeling that it gives off because that's how the word is usually associated in different contexts. But that is the actual word that I mean. A consequence is, you know, a reaction to something negative that happens. I mean, I'm not reading from Webster's dictionary, but that's my definition of consequence. Right. You know what I mean? And because of a consequence, it forces you to look at something. And now I think our relationship will be that much better because of it. Right. Do you agree? I agree. Okay. All right. Well, I know we had some emails of the week we were supposed to do. Supposed to do? Yeah, we're way over time. We're way over time? Yeah, over, way over time. It, I swear, it goes by so quickly. Yeah, we're way over an hour. Baby, I promised two people that we were going to do their emails. Well, we'll do them next week. Tell them we'll do them next week. We'll do them next week. Well, I'm week. sure that they're listening. Well, so. we'll, do them ne- we'll do them next we week. We can't handle one email right no, now? No, we'll do them next week. We can't handle one email? No, we'll do them next week. How over are we? We got things to do. We got to go. We gotta, I got to finish cleaning this UBI, house for the party. I think, no. I think we have 15 minutes. No, we're, we're, we're over. we'll do it next week. We'll, st- we'll start off with both those emails next week and then we'll get into our life. Okay, well, let me just acknowledge them first then. Okay. You two ladies that DM'd me, one of which I went back and forth a little bit. I probed a little bit and asked a couple of questions and uh-huh. she made a few clarifications. You know who you are. We are going to get to yours next week. And the other person that I promised that we were going to um, review her email, I don't know if you want me to mention your Instagram name, so I'll err on the side of caution and not, but you know who you are as well. Next week, we will get to both of your emails. We'll start off the show with both your emails next week. 
Okay. Is that cool? Yes, that sounds good. All right. So I think we, well, at least I guess we kind of halfway covered an argument of the week, right? Yeah, we definitely did an argument (laughs) of the week. We definitely did a story of the week. Yeah, like I said, it's, yeah, we did both of them. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for riding with us. You can always email us, thecaseycrew at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-E, caseycrew at gmail.com. All right? Now, I'm DJ Envy. And I'm Kia Casey. And we are the Casey Crew. Doodles. Doodles.